Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey, here we go with episode 19 of Who's Bekistan? Coming at you live on a beautiful Sunday afternoon here in the springtime of the year. Uh, this week is the Navruz Festival. It's the Spring Festival of Uzbekistan, and I believe celebrated different very different incarnations of that celebrated in different uh, countries around the world. I know India has something comparable. I'm actually on my way to an Indian festival now, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So the the springtime is here, and no school this week because of it. I'm very happy. It's the only legitimate break in my school calendar uh, for reasons too complicated to explain. But anyway, let's get on with what am I excited about, what am I puzzled by, and how long do I plan to stay? What am I excited about? Uh, As I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, I've gotten to go snowboarding here recently. Yesterday closed out the snowboarding season for me, and I got to go four times. The resort closes today for the season. So, the first time I went with friends, the second and third times I went with a tour company, and yesterday I went based on a ride organized on a chat group. So, what they have here is the the locals have a chat group of people who like to go skiing and snowboarding, and from there, they, you know, share lots of different information. But things like, okay, I want to go on Saturday. There's, you know, two seats available in my car for anybody who wants to wants to join me. Um, there are eighteen hundred and fifty five people on this chat group. Uh, I don't know how many of those are active, or like I'm looking for a ride for Saturday, and and so like the little guy yesterday who drove, and I think there are others like him. You know, just have a little enterprise where, you know, every time he goes, he skis. Every time he goes skiing, he sells the four seats in his car to whoever needs that ride ride that day for $15 each. Now, you know, maybe in another setting that may seem a little predatory, a little bit of me thinks it's a little bit predatory that that could be for, you know, just for like gas money and parking expenses, but um, but it covers his, and then it covers his expenses for the day, and he's gone snowboarding for free. Or yesterday made a substantial profit because only part of the resort was open, and so our tickets were only 15 each. So, yeah, and there we paid 60 he made $60 on passengers and only needed a $15 lift ticket, you know, plus gas. I think the parking was free where we parked. One of the lots, I think, is free. One of the lots is $15. So, um, yeah, and, you know, of course, his gas and whatever wear and tear on his car and has a, a top-loading box on his car where, you know, you can throw snowboards in. I was with a local couple who both owned snowboards, a Russian guy, surprise, surprise, who 
he needed rental equipment, but he snowboards, and then I needed rental equipment for a snowboard. So, but the thing that I'm excited about this is that, you know, it's just a great use of social tools and technology. And, you know, kind of a a good example of the benefits of collectivist culture of, hey, you know, we all want to go, let's just try to work this out together by who can drive. Now, it's not purely a... um, you know, altruistic endeavor. I mean, it's there's a financial benefit and a financial incentive as well. But nonetheless, it is something that sort of typifies the, you know, like we're going to work together on this to meet everybody's needs. So, you know, I thought that was nice. And I just, I really, I hope it's going to set it up that, you know, should I need a ride to the ski resort again, I would have some options Dealing with the rental equipment still remains a an unmet need, but you know whatever it worked out okay yesterday. Uh, I didn't know that today would be the actual last day, and they have a costume contest on the mountain. So had I known that, I would have done that today instead. But but yeah, but the the driver and the three other people I with, I mean, they were nice and congenial. One of them spoke English and helped me. The driver drove like a maniac. He did fine on the way up there. I don't know what happened on the way down that we just decided we were in a car race. So, don't know that I'd be particularly keen about using him again. But, um, but nevertheless, yeah, I'm, um, I'm happy that I got to go. Uh, I could ramble on and on about that, but um, let me move on to some other topics. So, what am I puzzled by? Um... I, I I know this sounds melodramatic, but I really feel like education, the education industry has collapsed. That, you know, my students currently, if I try to lead, lead an activity with them, they won't do it. If I try to give them a group activity, they won't do it. If I try to get them to work in partners, they won't do it. If I try to get them to do something individually, they won't do it. If I get them something with, like, making a poster with magic markers, eh, they'll maybe do it a little bit. If I get them something where they're supposed to respond on their phone or something, they won't do it. The bottom line is, they will. I try not to cuss on the podcast, so those of you who know me personally and those of you who don't know me personally, just imagine that there are some words in this sentence that I am omitting for the sake of the podcast. They will not put down the phones. They just won't. It's anytime I'm trying to give, I'm not even talking about lecturing. Like, I'm not, I don't stand up and give them huge amounts of verbal information. I mean, I'm trying to give them five minutes worth of directions on the activity we're doing that day. And it's a sea of the top of their heads I'm just looking out into. I'm trying to go over the directions for what their project is they have to submit. They won't even put the phone down long enough to look up and follow along with me as I'm giving them the directions for the project, but will ask me 20 million questions about it after the fact, 
and will do it incorrectly. I mean, it's me, because I'm at a university, I can't have a policy where I'm like, okay, we all, if you put your phone, you know, I'm going to take your phone, or we need to all collect our phones. Like, in theory, it's a university, though I have some doubts about that, but that's another story. They will not put them down. No matter how many bells and whistles there are, it's, and, I'll, and I'll go behind them and look behind their head and see what they're on. They're on Instagram. They're sending messages. They're playing video games. You know, so the benefit of having the module, you know, digitally so they can see it on their phone or using the Padlet or other, other technology gimmicks, it's just totally lost because as soon as they're on the phone, they won't do the school activity on their phone. They're just on the Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, can you make some eye contact and look at me for five minutes long enough for me to give you the directions? And the answer is no. They can't. It is just they do not understand the concept of making eye contact and paying attention to a person that is talking to you in an important setting that it's a little bit reminiscent of, I'm a big fan of the movie, what's it called? Uh, the Social Network, uh, the Facebook story with Mark Zuckerberg. And the attorney asked him something like, it feels like I don't have your full attention, Mark. And he's like, you don't have my full attention. You have the minimum amount of my attention necessary in this moment. It's a little bit like that. It's that their eyes and their attention have to go on their phones and anything else is ancillary, and it's just background noise and not worthy of their attention. In case you haven't noticed, I'm extremely frustrated by this. And it's just like, I, we can't teach anybody anymore because they can't, they can't look up. I mean, like, how do you not learn anything if you're not willing to look at the board or look at the teacher when she is talking? Or... Do a group project when you're, when you're working with other people. They can't get anything done even with each other. So, I mean, it's just a very hopeless situation. And I just feel very discouraged for what can I do about that as a teacher? Because I'm at the point where I'm like, I can't do anything about it. I mean, it's like, well, okay, if you're not interested in any help with these assignments or any help with this learning it, okay, well, that's fine. The stuff is online, and you can just go do the module on your own. What's the purpose of class? And I feel bad saying that because the main tenet of my teaching philosophy is Vygotsky, which is learning by social interaction. We learn things by being able to talk it through with people. We learn things by um, Camborn's model of learning, which is... Um, you know, you're immersed in something and then someone kind of gives you a little bit of directions with it, then you have some approximations, then you kind of refine it, then you get a little better about learning as a process. And that's really hard to do on your own because you are so addicted and obsessed and immersed in some photos and videos scrolling in front of you that you can't make a connection with what is immediately in front of you. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And I don't think it was this bad in the fall at, at my school. But it, it certainly has been this whole semester. And 
There's 15 more classes before the end of the semester, and it can't get here soon enough. I mean, I hate to wish my life away, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like teaching into a void. I just, I can't get any momentum on anything. It's just like teaching in a black hole. So, um, and like I said, there is nothing punitive I can do. And because I'm dealing with people in a shame-based culture, I can't guilt them into it. Um, I can try to use some shame-based strategies where I'm like, and I do use these. I'm like, you wasted your parents' money. Your parents paid for you to come here. You're sitting here doing that. You wasted your parents' money. Your grades are not good enough for you to sit here and do that in class. As harsh as these statements sound, I, I was instructed by local people that these are statements that would get their attention and would be the my best strategies to try to move them to action. And I've gotten a, some minor success here and there with those strategies. I feel mean doing it. But, um, but yeah, it is just so off in the ditch. Yeah, and the only punitive thing I can do is mark them absent. And then they get mad at me. I'm like, well, you weren't here. Your body was here, but you weren't here. So, whatever. Um, anyway, that's what I'm puzzled by. That's what I'm puzzled by is what is anyone supposed to do about that? How can we work around that? And if you have suggestions on that, honestly, I'm not sure I want to hear them because it's like, oh, well, you've got to, you've got to meet them where they are. Or you've got to, you know, it's got to be entertaining or, you know, it's got to be, you've got to find a way to use the technology. I am. And they won't do it. Anyway, the frou-frou-frou, I'm not interested in. Um, I'm interested in some back to basics. Anyway, which is a shame because I really like Padlet and I really like being able to share them articles and things with them directly and not having to use paper and that way they just have it in front of them. I can I can change my mind on a dime. I don't, you know, I, I've got a lot more flexibility. But they have to meet me halfway. Okay, I'm going to quit rambling now. Okay. Question number three, how long do I plan to stay? It is my sincere hope that over the next maybe two weeks that I will have some, some good news to announce. But there are some some wheels in motions, there's some levers being pulled, there's some rocks that have been lifted up, and there's communication flowing, and I am optimistic that hopefully there's going to be a, a good announcement soon. Uh, anyway, whoever you are, wherever you're listening, I'm glad you're listening. I am excited about the snowboarding and skiing community here and how that can be organized into transport. And to say I'm puzzled by cell phones in class and the future of our genera this generation for that is the understatement of the millennium. And I, here I am in the spring of year two contemplating what's going to happen. Is there going to be a year three? So um, thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the interwebs.